Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Wednesday, the first day of February, end of Black History Month. I'm Nyla Boudou. Today on the show, Florida's fight over African-American history and why educators across the country are rethinking their approach to race. Teaching Black history. That's our one big thing. Florida last month rejected an advanced placement African-American studies class for its schools, a course that some high schools nationwide have been piloting. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says the course violates the, quote, Stop Woke Act, which he signed into law late last year. It aims to restrict how educators handle topics like racism, slavery, and the nation's history of anti-Black violence. Educators and historians have come out against the law in droves, saying it infringes on their ability to do their jobs. Part of the law has already been blocked by a judge and other lawsuits are in progress. Marvin Dunn is a former college professor, public school principal, author and founder of Teach the Truth Tours, aimed at discussing what happens when we restrict how educators teach history. He's also a plaintiff in one of the lawsuits over the new law. As Black History Month begins, we're digging into this fight and into the history of Florida in particular. Professor Dunn, welcome to Axios today. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. As an educator first, can you give us some examples of what the Stop Woke Act practically means for Florida teachers and how it can actually change what's being allowed in the classroom? You can talk about slavery, but you must discuss it objectively. I don't know how to objectively describe an enslaved woman having a baby ripped from her bosom and sold into slavery. I am a product of Miami-Dade County Public Schools. I didn't get a complete education about Florida's history. For example, I never learned about the Rosewood Massacre, where the town of Rosewood was burned to the ground and its Black residents terrorized by deadly violence for days in the 1920s. I learned about that as an adult. So you founded these Teach the Truth tours, which take people all over Florida to learn about the history of specific sites. What motivated you to do that? These tours are for high school students with a parent or a grandparent. All expenses paid by us, and we go to places in Florida where the blood was shed. We go to places where people died at the hands of white mobs. And it's important, in my view, to take the kids and the parents or grandparents because the stories get passed down at the Thanksgiving table, around the Christmas tree. These are very, very difficult tours, and they should be. So we wanted to create an experience that they would never forget. And when you take someone to Rosewood and you walk that ground, uh, you'll never forget that. Is this meant to be an alternative to public education then in Florida? It is an alternative to public education in Florida. I can't imagine, particularly under this government, uh, school districts taking high school kids to places where these terrible things happen. Right now in Florida, the movement is away from teaching this history. It's away from taking people to these, these places. So uh, I I fear that these stories will be lost. I fear that Rosewood will be lost. There's only one building standing in Rosewood today, the J.W. Wright House, the white man's home who protected us from the blacks uh, at that time. That house is endangered. And once it goes, we'll have no building in Rosewood that speaks back to 1923. Dr. Dunn, one aspect of the Stop Woke Act is a provision stating that students and employees should not be made to feel uncomfortable or guilty about actions done by other members of their race or ethnicity or gender. What's your response to that when it comes to teaching history in this country? They should not feel guilty. There's no reason to try to lay guilt on anybody. I don't see that happening. 
I've been in classrooms in Florida for 40 years. I've never in my life seen a teacher tell a student to feel guilty about something that happened two years ago. That is not happening in our schools. Dr. Marvin Dunn is an author, historian, and educator. He's a professor emeritus at Florida International University, one of my alma maters. Thanks, Dr. Dunn, for being with us. You're quite welcome. Thank you for having me. We also asked Governor DeSantis's office for a comment on this conversation. Spokesman Brian Griffith emailed us last night to say the Stop Woke Act doesn't prohibit speech or ideas from free exchange. But what it does do is prohibit what he called forcing individuals to believe something. The statement said, quote, as we have seen so regularly in schools and workplaces tainted with DEI and CRT, these concepts are specifically designed and taught in a manner to convince people to adopt a certain prescribed ideology, end quote. We'll put the full statement from the governor's office in our show notes. In a moment, a new national survey takes the pulse of how educators are feeling. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Teachers nationwide say they're feeling pressure to change how they teach gender and race. In a new Rand Corporation survey, a quarter of all teachers reported they're shifting their lessons and materials based on restrictions teachers are increasingly facing, even if they themselves are not facing restrictive laws in their state. Axios's Russell Contreras has been covering the story. Hey, Russ. Thanks for having me. So, Russ, teachers are changing how they teach, not just because of laws like Florida Stop Woke Act, but because of anxiety. What is the fear? Well, teachers are concerned about a number of things. They're concerned about, one, losing their job. They're concerned about possibly getting a fine imposed on them or their district. They're also concerned about something else, being shamed on social media. And being shamed on social media can affect your reputation as an educator. It can also pose risk to your life. A lot of teachers have been harassed at school board meetings. You've had college professors tell us they've had their lives threatened. You see a number of things while this debate is spreading since 2021 and to today. So what did that survey say about what teachers are reporting about how they're changing their methods? Well, the survey was interesting because it asked teachers an open-ended question. So what are you doing uh, as a response to that? Some teachers said they're very reluctant to reintroduce lessons about around Frederick Douglass, for example, are teaching the speeches of Martin Luther King. We do know that some states, in imposing limitations, have targeted books that once were not controversial, like the works of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., his speeches, or the play by Lorraine Hansberry, A Raisin in the Sun. In recent years, these are works that have been targeted to be removed from curriculum or outright banned. These limitations also include discussions around gender and sexuality. There's a number of books that talk about gay and lesbian issues, transit issues that are being removed. So it's also limitations about race and gender. So, Russ, what does this mean for Black History Month in particular? Well, Black History Month, as you know, comes around every February. And for many years, it was a chance to introduce lessons to students around people or works they may not be exposed to for the rest of the year. Educators are now reluctant to bring up, say, the March on Washington. They may be reluctant to bring up Jackie Robinson. They may say that he's a baseball player, but they may not bring up why he was prevented from playing in the Major League Baseball because of segregation. It really imposes limitations in how we discuss the truth. Axios' senior race and justice reporter, Russell Contreras, thank you. Thanks for having me. 
Now for the strangest news you'll probably hear today, missing monkeys at the Dallas Zoo. Axios' Michael Mooney has more. Two emperor tamarind monkeys that were taken from the Dallas Zoo earlier this week were found in the closet of an empty home in Lancaster, a suburb south of town, according to a Dallas police spokesperson. This is the latest in a string of very strange incidents at the zoo over the last month. Two weeks ago, Nova, a clouded leopard, escaped the leopard enclosure through a cut in the mesh. Police believe it was intentional. The zoo also found a similar cut at the Langer Monkeys enclosure, though none of those monkeys escaped the exhibit. And last week, Pin, an endangered lappet-faced vulture, was found dead with what police called an unusual wound. Other zoos around the country have also experienced thefts over the last couple of months. Twelve squirrel monkeys were reportedly stolen from a zoo in Louisiana over the weekend. Last year, two Galapagos tortoises were stolen from a zoo in Florida. And last summer, a macaw was stolen from a zoo in New Mexico and later found dead. That's Axios Dallas reporter Michael Mooney. And that's it for today. I'm Nyla Boodoo. And by the way, it goes without saying, but stealing animals from a zoo is a very bad thing. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. In the Bubble is a comforting and informative podcast from Lemonada Media. Every week, host Andy Slavitt is here to help you make sense of tough issues, from COVID to the student loan crisis to climate change and beyond. In the Bubble has new episodes out Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.